Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Coast to Coast Combat Hour. I'm your host, Matthew Hawkins, along with my co-host, Ed Carbajal. And on a weekly basis, we plan to bring you the biggest news and interviews in the world of combat sports. Ed, long three-day Labor Day weekend. How you doing, man? Pretty good. Pretty good. I mean, you know, Jersey weather is crazy. It was decent weather kind of most of the weekend. And then today it's like hot as balls. So, like... My apartment's on fire, pretty much. Um, that's why I got my fresh, my fresh fade going to keep my head cool. But I got some. I mean, it was a good weekend. I got some, got some jujitsu in in the books. Uh, watched some fights. What did I watch? I, I watched. I watched Invicta after it was live. I didn't watch it live, and I, wa- I actually did watch the Cage Warriors '96. Um, that was pretty good. I went, I saw that after I trained and then I went out to eat, but, uh, yeah, man, nothing, nothing out of the ordinary here. Hung out with my pops for a bit, got some training done, but, uh, I mean, we, we hit folks with a double whammy last week. We had the, the, the pride book uh, author Lee Daly early in the week and then midweek, uh, we did, uh, a quick recap of, of, uh, the previous event and then, um, the Mark Taffet interview for MMA pro league. So, uh, I mean, you know, it was it was still still a good time. Cool, yeah. I got, I saw about half of the Invicta, and then I still got to catch up on the Cage Warriors event. So I got some catching up to do. And uh, like I was telling you before we went on the air, I got caught up in uh, the crazy shooting at the Del Mar racetrack here. Um, you know, luckily nobody got shot except for the guy who pulled the gun. But uh, running from bullets, not knowing where they're coming from, was definitely a uh, little bit of an experience i hope hope i don't have to deal with again no man that's crazy i was wondering why i hadn't heard from you over the weekend because we usually try to uh plan you know for the episode around sunday monday sunday night monday afternoon and uh uh you know i figured the weekend we, we were both kind of just being lazy and, and busy or whatever but i mean you just hit me with that before we start went live now that's crazy man yeah i mean sunday night it was it was it was a long night, and then uh, you know, yesterday was kind of laid low. You know, it, it wasn't something that's was going to be traumatic, but it was definitely a, uh, it was definitely scary for for five minute period there, uh, not knowing what was happening or where bullets were coming from or how many there were and stuff like that was was wild. But um, you know, that's like I was saying, just six dollar ice cube concert. You got to be careful going to those. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's my takeaway for the uh, for the weekend. Yeah. Um, with that said, we're looking forward to this weekend. Um, it's nice to get a UFC pay-per-view back. Um, haven't had one since the uh, uh, TJ Garbrandt and uh, Mighty Mouse uh, Sehedu fight at, uh, at 227. Um, so uh, I think we're just going to kind of go down the card. I know uh, some of the early uh, Fight Pass prelims had caught your attention and you wanted to comment on them. Um, I see Jim Miller is fighting Alex White and Diego Sanchez is fighting Craig White. Um, you want to say what you got to say about those? I mean, so I understand that they like they want to up fight past subscribership, and guys like Diego Sanchez and Jim Miller are like are like you know pretty well known to fans of the sport, really well known to the hardcore fans like you and I, and and still notable enough names even though they've been fighting for a while that to make a, a new fight pass subscriber feel like it's worth their money. But I'm kind of like man, like these guys. At least put them on the Fox, pre, the the FX prelims, you know. Like I don't know, 
I feel like that they're being pushed back. But I, I mean, I get I get they're trying to push push the younger, newer, fresher guys that are going to have uh, you know that have more time left in this sport. I understand all of that, but I, I don't know. I, I I'm I guess because I'm always sensitive when a Jersey fighter fights with with Jim Miller on the card. I'm kind of like, man, that guy should at least be on the FX prelims. But hey, as long as they're getting paid and they're happy, I guess it doesn't matter what I think. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it really changes their pay much. Um, you know, uh, they to me, they should kind of get that lifetime thing where if they're not going to be on a pay-per-view and, and Jim Miller's, you know, honestly, he's kind of coming to the end here. He's had four losses in a row. Um, but, uh, you know, like you said, the uh, the Fox Sports or the FX, whatever the prelims are on, um, to me, that's kind of a, a cool thing for his fans that have been around. His family gets to watch him for free on TV, you know, and, and – it's one of those things I know Uriah Faber used to really kind of push for that. Never had a problem fighting on, on those prelims because his argument was always, Hey, nobody has to dish out any money to watch me fight. Yeah. And, on, on FX on the regular, prelim, but these guys are on the fight pass. Prelim. They're on the fight pass. That's what I'm yeah. saying. So, so being on that, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know many people that would honestly at this point, even subscribe to fight pass for those fights. You know, I, I mean, they're names, but, you know, if I didn't have Fight Pass, uh, which I already do, I, I probably wouldn't pay for it just for those fights at this point. And, it, and it's actually a pretty good, a pretty. There's one, two, three, four, five fights on the Fight Pass prelims, which is kind of a lot lately. There hasn't been that many, so I feel like that's a good. I mean, the, the it's a good portion of the card to watch. Irene Aldana is on there too. This is for the bantamweight division against Lucy Pudelovia. So it's like it's like uh, I mean it, it's definitely you know sometimes when I miss the fight pass fights I, I'm not really like worried about it as long as I catch the rest of them but I actually really want to watch these fights more than I mean there's fights on the FX prelims that I'm interested in too so there's there's definitely some uh, some people circling titles in that especially in the bantamweight division so I don't know if you had any comment on on uh, the, the uh, two bantamweight fights on the FX portion. The Jimmy Rivera John Dotson fight's definitely an interesting fight. Um, Rivera's <laughs> coming off of uh, uh, first loss in what twenty one fights or so twenty twenty yeah. fights, um, and that was a devastating knockout to uh, Marias. Um, gosh, I don't know. Uh, my my brain says I go with Jimmy Rivera, but part of me wonders just how he bounces back. You know, I, I've said it several times on these shows that. You know, what defines somebody as a fighter at this level is how you bounce back from a yeah. devastating loss. Um, everybody has one eventually, um, you know, other than, I guess, John Jones at this point. Everybody in the sport at this high level has, has taken a beating at some point and um, or in Khabib, you know, but uh, but yeah. he hasn't he hasn't carried the championship label long enough to and stuff like that. But uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I guess I got to go with Rivera. I feel like he's the new up and coming guy um even though he has 20 something fights um but part of me worries a little bit uh where his head will be at and you know if dodson comes to fight he's definitely game yeah he's a scrapper too i was gonna say like like um but i feel like i don't know i mean jimmy rivera he's he's i i again like i like to side with the guys from my coast but uh you know um those Tiger Shulman guys, they always roll pretty deep, so they always have a lot a very very big support structure behind them. So I'm pretty sure I think his mind will be right for the loss and, and after the loss. And um I, I'm pretty sure he's younger than Dodson too, so it's hard to root against a younger guy. But uh Dodson's a scrapper, man. I mean he's uh he's been in the in the fight game for a while. He's not somebody that uh 
very positive energy. He's already felt losses, you know, so he's he's got really nothing to lose in this fight, which makes him dangerous. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. So I mean, if I put my money to it, I, I I'm taking Rivera in that fight um, in a close, probably a close decision. I don't see a finish happening in that bout. Yeah. And then Sterling and and Staman are, are are right after them, and I know I know Sterling has called out Rivera in the past because of their rankings and and, and you know title shot in the division and stuff, which uh, I know Sterling wants to get up there. So I I, I feel like some type of uh, call out is going to happen between these two. There'll be something with their li- the way they're lined up on the card. There'll be something afterwards, especially if they both win, which I I I, I have Sterling winning that fight as well. It's going to be interesting. Um, he's coming off a big win of over uh, Brett Johns, um, and uh, you know Stamen's what seven seventeen and one. Um, whew. I I'm going to go opposite. I'm going to go Stamen wins, throws that little rate uh, that little fight hype train to the side, and uh, mm-hmm. you know he's coming off a win over Caraway, who is is a grinder himself. So yeah, I mean I'm going to go with I'll go with Stamen. You go with Sterling and. Uh, <laughs> and it'll be a beer on whoever uh, loses that one in a couple weeks. Yeah, well, hopefully Funkmaster uh, keeps. I mean, he's he's been he been pretty positive. You just talked about how guys come back from losses, and he had that really bad knockout against Marlon Moraes. So that he, he did, that yeah. he did. So that's hard to, uh, you know, he's kind of went with uh, what I said. What makes champions in this sport? And like, you yeah. Said, you know the devastating one minute knockout to Marias, and then to come back with a with a win over uh, an undefeated Johns at the time. Um, yeah. Who I didn't. I don't think many people were picking Sterling in that fight. No, because because if people were thinking too the same thing, like that shell shock that sticks around after a really bad loss like that. But you know he's got a video blog that I follow, and for a young such a young guy, he's really positive. Like he did everything right that you should do when you take a loss like that. He even made fun of himself. So. You know, just glancing at his record too, I it slipped my mind, or I wasn't aware that uh, you know he has three losses. Obviously, the Marias knockout, but prior to that, he has split decision losses to Caraway and a Sunsaw in back to back bouts. You know, so obviously he's uh, you know, his three losses, you know, two of those could have easily went his way. In fact, one judge picked him to win those fights. So yeah, you know, I don't know. I think it's gonna be a great fight, and um, you know the. the the prelims, like you said, are pretty good. Um, Aldana, Jim Miller's Diego on the on Fight Pass, and then uh, you know, and then there's a women's fight on the on the FX prelim card that I'm really looking forward to, and that's Carla Esparza and uh, Tatiana Suarez. Um, Suarez has pretty been a been pretty much a, a wrecking machine since, yeah. since the Ultimate Fighter. Um, her wrestling has pretty much been, um, you know, on another level. That than the women are used to seeing at the 115 pounds. Yeah, and I, and I hate to say it, like you know, because because uh, you know Carla Sparza was an original like strawweight champion, but um, you know, it doesn't seem like she's she's done much to evolve her game to 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 last against like someone like Suarez or anyone else that's 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 up there at strawweight. So I I feel like her wrestling's not going to be strong enough to to. You know what I mean? To to I I don't see her winning. I'm 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 going with Suarez. Yeah, I think Suarez is going to beat her. I mean, the argument could be made, although uh, Esparza lost her last bout to uh, Claudia Gadelia. Um, it was a really close uh, split decision fight, um, and Claudia, if not the number one wrestler in that division, is is the number two behind uh, Suarez. So mm-hmm. you know she's coming into a fight where she at least had a a, a big 
bout against a big name woman in that weight class that was also a wrestler. So maybe she took some experience from there, worked on it a little more, but everything I've seen out of Suarez has been, you know, no one's even come close to stopping uh, anything she's done. Um, I mean, she, they, nobody's been able to stop her takedowns. It's, it's just been nonstop. Um, you know, I know she fought Alexa Grasso and, and just manhandled her, uh, and finished her in the first round, you know, and, and it wasn't long before, you know, long ago that Grosso was one of the top prospects in that division and, um, she got handled. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll, we'll see. I mean, I, I never like listening to odds makers and stuff. I actually checked a lot of the odds lately for this card, especially because I was trying that, uh, face off social challenge thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of these fights are pre- they're pretty even. I think the biggest. Uh, I mean, not, I'm not trying to jump ahead, but the biggest uh, underdog on the card is Nico Montano, and I, I, and that's just simply because of her absence. She's the co-main event against Valentina Shevchenko. But um, um, like I said, I didn't mean to jump ahead because obviously there's there's uh, five cards on the main pay-per-view portion. Five fights on the main per- pay-per-view portion of the card. And that's actually a pretty stacked pay per view that I'm excited to see. One thing though that uh, Zabit, uh, I'm not going to try to say his last name. Megomed Shapiro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That I know he was originally supposed to fight Z- uh, Yair Rodriguez, and he pulled out. Now, and Brandis Davis is his, is the alternate. That's right. Yes, the correct. <clears throat> so and I, f- I fully expect uh, Zabit to to do what he does. Yeah, Z- Zabit him <laughs> down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In in brutal fashion, you know. I that's kind to me. Uh, you know, looking at the card, that's kind of the squash match. But mm-hmm. as somebody who goes to a bunch of fights, I've mentioned it in the past. Anytime the UFC can keep one of their stars on a card for the fans that paid a ticket to watch him fight, um, you know, I got to give a, a cheers to the UFC for doing that. Um, even if it turns out to be a, a one minute fight, the fans there that bought the tickets deserve to watch as much of the card that they paid for uh, uh, when they bought their ticket. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't know what Yair Rodriguez' deal is. I mean, I know his injury he pulled out for, but it seems like he's always injured every time it's it's time for him to fight. So, you know, it's a little suspicious. I mean, yeah. has he? I don't even think he's fought since the BJ Penn fight. Uh, he, like hasn't, was, he hasn't. He hasn't. He hasn't fought since uh, Frankie Edgar beat him up. No. Okay. That's okay. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So he fought. Yeah, he fought. He destroyed BJ Penn and then Frankie Edgar destroyed him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he was supposed to come back to fight Zabit uh, months ago. Uh, kind of balked at it. UFC cut him. Then the UFC brought him back because I'm guessing mainly because of the, the outcry of the fans thought it was uh, thought it was wrong. And then he comes back and, and then drops out of this fight. Yeah. <clears throat> a month prior with an injury. Um, yeah. So, you know, hopefully it's not a severe injury. Um, but if he comes back and fights sometime in the next four weeks, it's going to look a little suspicious. Um, you know, the way, I, I don't know. I not to say, I'm not saying he's ducking anybody, but it's definitely a, definitely some weird, uh, you know, scenarios around this fight. So, uh, and again, like I said, I didn't mean to jump ahead because Jessica Andrade and Carolina Kowalkowicz are, are also fighting on the card and I'm having a hard time picking a, a winner for that one. I kind of like Carolina. I always feel like she's a bit of an underdog. She's always kind of floating around the top of her division. I mean, she doesn't get beat terribly badly when she loses. So I feel like, I feel like it's kind of a hard one to call. I wouldn't be surprised if she pulled off a win. <clears throat> Ooh, I don't, I don't see it. Um, I like her. I root for her. Um, 
I saw, I was at her fight in New York when she had that uh, great bout with Joanna. Yeah. Um, after that fight, she lost to Claudia, and then she rebounded with wins over Jody Escobel and Felice Herring. Um, I don't. Uh, gosh, I Jessica Andrade is just uh, Andrade is is. I don't know. I, I just think she's going to be too strong. What I've seen in her last few bouts, she just mauled the women she's fought. Um, I think she'll take this fight down to the ground, and I'm not sure how Carolina will deal with the yeah, ground fighting strength. So if yeah. it stays on the feet, it's 50-50 in my opinion, but I gotta if it goes down to the ground, it's it's all in, in Andrade in, in my opinion. So I, I think she's the I, I don't know if I, I hate to say she's the future of that weight class. She's been around forever, but uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I feel like she could easily become the champ, be the champion in that in that weight class in the next, you know, you know, eighteen months. Yeah. You know, I. So I don't know. So I'll go with Andrade in that one. Uh, go with Shapiroff or Megomed Shapiroff. Uh, we skipped over the uh Abdul um, Razak Hassan for Price, yeah. Price fight, which I just noticed today. That's surprisingly a good fight. Uh, Price is coming off that uh that knockout where he was on the bottom and knocked the guy out with the hammer fist yeah. um, in a shocking fashion. Yeah, that was shocking, but it was also kind of a fluke too that he even he admitted himself. He just, he said, I'm going to try this and see if it works. And it did. So I don't know. Uh, but he's 12 and one. I mean, he's, yeah. a good, you know, he's so fluke or not, um, you know, it's one of those things he's 12 and one. And, uh, Hassan is, uh, is nine and one. So, uh, both coming off of, of win streaks and, uh, I don't know. I, you know, I'll go with Nico just, just seems like, uh, you know, I don't know. I'll go with Nico in that fight. can't give too much of a, a educated opinion. I think it'll be a close, good fight. Yeah. I mean, Al Hassan, he's fought in Bellator. He's fought in LFA. So, I mean, he's, he's, he's got some, I know he's got the lesser numbers, but I think he's got better, like some, a, a nice quality track record, uh, to be, on the main card, you know, for both of them, it's great that they're on the main card and everything, but, um, 33 years old, he's got a black belt in judo. So, uh, I think I'm going to just to play devil's advocate. I'm going to say, I'm going to go with Al Hassan. All right. Well, there's the, the double or nothing beer bet right there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now with that though, now we get to the two top fights on the card. Um, Nico Montano, the first ever, uh, women's flyweight champion who won the the belt after uh, completing the Ultimate Fighter and uh, defeating Roxanne Modafari in the finals uh, last uh, December um, in Las Vegas. Uh, she faces Valentina Shevchenko, who uh, was a two-time uh, title contender at the 135-pound bantamweight class uh, and lost uh, two close fights to uh, Amanda Nunes. Uh, you know, the odds makers have it, what, about 8, 10 to 1 for uh, Shevchenko? Does that sound right from what you saw? Yeah, yeah. She's uh, she's a huge underdog, uh, Montano, the last time I looked. Um, I checked that uh, that uh, face-off website that I was telling you about. So she's going to pay off pretty big if she wins. But I also I kind of think people are giving her, uh, like they're forgetting about just because of her inactivity because she's had the – uh, tonsillitis and all the other stuff that that went on that that kept her from defending the the flyweight title. So it's kind of like, but then there's that thing too with the women. Uh, with the tough champions, they don't really hold those belts for long when they when they when it's for a title. So it's kind of now I'm being a little uh, superstitious or whatever, but 
I don't know. She seems like she's got a lot to prove. I, I think Montano could uh, could surprise us with it, not by finishing her, but like a decision win. Yeah, I don't think it's out of the question. I think she's definitely being underrated. Um, I think uh, you know the most of the fans know Shevchenko. Most mm-hmm. fans don't know Montano. Um, I was at the fight; she won the championship. I was, I, you know, I watched, so I was kind of uh, invested in that season of the Ultimate Fighter. So I got to see her, and I think she came into that like the 13 seed, might have been the 14 seed, and beat mm-hmm. just about anybody. You know, beat all the top seeds to to win the title. Um, it's hard to bet against uh, Bullet Shevchenko, um, so I'm going to obviously pick her. But like you said, I, you know, if I was in Vegas, I. You know, you give me yeah. 10, you give me ten to what odds? I'll put twenty dollars on Montano and and see if I can win a couple hundred bucks. But yeah, you know, Shevchenko hasn't finished a lot of people. She won by uh, I believe she won by armbar a couple fights ago. Yeah, um, and which but, which shows improvement in her game and that she's still evolving with it, which is why I, she's the favorite. You know, because I mean, and she's got she's got great striking. I know her sister's a kickboxer too, so it's like I think I I don't see her being a, a slouch. She could definitely pull it off, and and uh, that that was a nice transition. The armbar was like off of a triangle attempt, and she switched to the armbar, so it shows her her awareness on her back. Even if Montano tries to grind her out, she's still going to be threatening. So it's definitely like uh, easy to see why she's a favorite. But I think Montano, she seems like a quietly angry about what everyone thinks, and I feel like she's got a lot to prove. I mean, a lot, she's beaten a lot of good people that she was supposed to lose to. And on her way to the uh, title too, you know, with that whole thing with the show. So yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I think she's uh, tougher than people are giving her credit for. Um, basically, I guess my point I was trying to make, you know, everybody assumes she's just uh, Shevchenko's just going to maul her and knock her out or just beat her into oblivion. And um, since Shevchenko's coming to the UFC, she hasn't knocked anybody out. She has zero finishes by strikes. Her only finish in the UFC is by that armbar. Yeah. So, I, you know, I think people, you know, kind of remember her last fight where she, she fought that, um, outgunned Brazilian girl who took the fight kind of late notice and yeah. just, just got absolutely crushed. Um, and I take that back. That was a submission, but it was, it was, you know, it was a choke and, um, I don't know. I just don't, I don't see Montano getting submitted in the fight and uh, I think she's tough and, and I think if she's able to grind it out, you never know. You know, you get into the later rounds of these fights. If she manages to get Shevchenko down, um, I think she can shock a lot of people. So, you know, I will go with uh, Shevchenko, but uh, I think the fight's going to be a lot better than people are uh, and the odds makers are giving it a, a chance to be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, me too. Uh, I'm going Montana, like I said, just because uh, I honestly think she's she, she's got something to prove. And she's, she, she even said she's, she's a big fan of Shevchenko, so to like try to get a win over her would be an ultimate, uh, you know, on top of defending her title would be a great goal to uh, accomplish for her. So, but yeah. And then, I mean, I honestly hope this main event doesn't fall apart before we hit the weekend. I mean, that's the only reason I'm always skeptical about doing predictions for the UFC so far out from weigh-ins because, uh, you know, they haven't had the best track record lately. Yeah. I, I have a bad feeling. I just, I'm afraid of till, you know, I don't know. I, to me, this is what happens when you give a guy a title shot who misses weight by what? Seven pounds in his last fight. And then, yeah. And then he was complaining really like a lot at the media scrum or whatever he did last week. Um, he was complaining about how hard the weight cut was a week ago. 
So Lord knows what you know where he's at now, and he's and then he said that he wants people to stop talking about it, which means it's an issue for him because he's sensitive about it. You know what I mean? So and if you're sensitive about something, it's probably because it's a problem you're dealing with. So I mean, if if this is one of those things that happens where the fight happens, but he you know Darren Till fights, but you know can't win the title, one of those situations. Then, then you know that that's kind of a slap in in the face to people that pay, you know watch the pay per view. Yeah, I don't know. I I gotta see what happens here. I yeah. uh, I, I don't know uh, the if Till makes weight and it goes down as a title fight. I still I think Woodley's gonna beat him. Me I have Wood, I think Woodley TKOs him. You know, in, in about four rounds. Um, I, I think Till will come out, you know, guns blazing early. But I think uh, if Woodley's smart, he'll use his wrestling, and then I think Till will gas in the in the latter rounds, and and Woodley will finish him. Um, and that's the thing, Woodley is smart. That's why I I don't see uh, I see him, you know, I see him winning. I, I see him winning every way possible. A lot of people give Woodley crap over the way he fought Damian Maya, but that's the smartest way you fight a guy like Damian Maya. You know, like you have to. You have to not engage him where he's trying to engage you on the ground. You know, you have to do those those stick and move uh, one punch at a time. So I, I'm pretty sure he's got something just as smart for Darren Till, who I think has reach on him. But I, I think um, I think Woodley's going to be craftier. I think I, I, I see Woodley holding on to his title. Yeah, um, you know, and then we get in the you know the question of uh, what happens obviously if if Till misses weight. Um, you know, earlier for the last six weeks, two months, we've been hearing that uh, Kamar Usman was a backup uh, if one of these fighters fell out. And yeah. Woodley, Woodley came out about a week ago and said that there's a zero or a hundred percent chance that he would not fight uh, Usman um, if it comes down to it. And I don't know. I you know I, I see people saying Woodley doesn't know anybody, doesn't know the fans. I don't know. I don't know. You're the headliner of this card. If uh, if that fight gets canceled and you don't take Usman and you make that main event Montano Shinchenko, I can tell you one thing: as a fan who buys tickets, there's a hundred percent chance I will never buy a ticket for to an event that Woodley's headlining if I know that he's not willing to. I mean, I, I get that there's a, I get that there's positives, negatives, and stuff on both sides, but you're getting paid good money. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know. I you know, I he can make that decision as a fighter, and I can make that decision with my checkbook and. And, and my ticket buying ability to know that if Woodley's the headliner and he's not willing to ever step up to save a card that he's the main selling point of, then, you know, I don't think that's good for business on his part. I think it'd be better to take a fight and lose and then come back in a rematch that he's trained for and win his title back than, than disappear. And, and I mean, honestly, if that top fight falls out, we talked about how it's a decent pay-per-view you drop down to 80,000 pay-per-view buys. If that may, <laughs> if that main fight falls off, who's is. Are yeah. They- and, and a lot, not too many people. I mean, when I talk to my training partners and people that follow the sport, I'm just like, man, a lot of people, they're not real super happy with the UFC right now. So that's not something they can afford to have happen, especially with, a, with, I know we talked about it last week without having announced who our main event is for UFC 230. Like what is going on here? <sighs> Yeah, like, I don't know. That's a that's a nice transition. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm uh what are we on? Let's say September fourth. Um 
The fight is le- is November 3rd, so we're less than two months out from that fight. Nothing's been announced. Most people are booked. Um, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I mean, the only thing that can happen is John Jones at this point. It's hard to believe that he's going to come back. Yeah, I mean, who knows? I mean, with all the chatter he had, and, and uh, I think it was Chael Sonnen's podcast uh, last Wednesday or Thursday. I forget which one. I think it was last Wednesday because he talked about that boxer that walked out of the PBC, PBC fight of the Friday before. But um, he said that uh, that they're trying to work something out with Usada to get him and Gustafsson in there, which I don't know if that's Madison Square Garden worthy. But the last time he he insinuated something like that was when he hinted at the Mayweather McGregor thing actually coming to fruition, and it did. So I know he's got some insider information with ticket selling people and stuff. So I'm just like, okay, like something's got to be going on, especially the way they went at it over the weekend. John Jones and Chill Sonnen were like insulting each other, and then John Jones going after DC and giving his own fight predictions for Connor and Khabib. So I mean, he's usually not this vocal if he's not doing something in the fight game himself. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think we're going to have to get over the, the Madison square garden worthy thing at this point. I don't know. There's just, there's not a whole lot of options. We either get Cormier Jones. We either get Jones Gustafson or we end up getting a couple quick title fights. Maybe, you know, and they, I know they've already said the co-main event is Diaz and Poirier, um, you know, but I don't know. I don't, Rose isn't booked. TJ's not booked. Say not booked. But other than those guys, there's not a whole lot of options. And I don't – you know, I keep hearing people say, oh, just make Poirier and Diaz the main event, and I just can't see it. I, I just I, – I don't think the gate will be high enough. I don't think that they can sell tickets high enough to be able to uh, to reason an event at Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that fight becomes the main event, that, that card weakens up pretty quick. um, I mean where it stands right now it's a great main card but it's with the with the belief that there's going to be one top build fight on top of it so I don't know I I don't know I mean like as somebody's traveling out there and going to the fight I'm hoping that it's that it's something big but um, honestly at this point I just want anything (laughs) anything (laughs) really I mean any title fight announce the ticket sales and yeah yeah (laughs) Any title fight at this point, if the main card sticks, I'll be happy with. You know, I, uh, I, I just, I don't, I don't know. Uh, the John Jones thing is weird to me because there's, does anybody know when his next meeting is? Isn't usually that public? Don't they usually have a public hearing or, or something where they they give you your suspension? I mean, I mean, he, I mean the the commission ones are public, but the Usada stuff, I don't know if they stream that anywhere. I've never, I've never seen them. Uh, streamed or tell usually there's announcements and links that people share on Twitter and stuff, but it's usually the commission ones that I've watched. I've never seen an Asada one, but uh, I, I don't know. Somebody'd have but to chime in on the comments or something. But has he ever been actually suspended? I know I should know this, but I, I mean, is he? Yeah, is he, he, is, well, he well, is he under suspension right now? Technically, well, well, he's fighting it, so it's like up to a four year suspension if 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 it sticks. So I think that's why everything's up in the in the air with him possibly coming back i feel like it's going to happen just because like i said he's never this vocal on social media unless he's already fighting or got something and he's got a lot of training footage out there i know he did some charity work so who knows if that's part of some other nonsense he got himself into so 
It just seems know. like if he comes back and fights Gustafson, I guess they could do it this late notice to fight. Come back and fight Cormier for the heavyweight title. Seems like they're uh, they're pinch putting themselves against the wall for promotion and stuff. Seems like that becomes a huge fight. Um, never mind the the past history of the first two with him, but with the the drugs and the steroids and stuff. I mean, you know, God, that seems like a fight you'd want to promote like crazy, especially in New York. Um, yeah. Especially now with Cormier being kind of the the Cormier's kind of the guy now, you know, he's, he had the belt last time he fought Jones, but everybody considered Jones the real champion. You know, even if Jones considers himself the real lightweight champion, um, Cormier's the real heavyweight champion. And, you know, on most people's maps, the heavyweight champion is the baddest man on the planet. So to me, so to me, you kind of, you know, there's a lot that could be promoted there. And, you know, if the UFC did it right, you know, I would, you know, you'd see billboards left and right with him and Cormier and in Times Square and, um, you know, up and down New York. So I don't know. I mean, I would love to see that fight. Um, I think Jones deserves a longer suspension, but like I said, at this point, I don't even care. <laughs> you know, I just, I just want to fight. Um, yeah. I honestly, all do. Especially around here. honestly, with the card that was, that was, Laid out initially, I would have been fine with C, uh, TJ and Cejudo. Um, I thought you were going to say CM Punk. <laughs> no, no, TJ and Cejudo. I know it's, everybody says yeah. that Cejudo needs to fight Mighty Mouse immediately. Well, if Mighty Mouse is hurt, we shouldn't be making a guy sit around not fighting. Uh, Mighty Mouse will get the title shot whenever he comes back. Um, I just think that that's you know, not a fight that's necessarily mass and square worthy. But if you have a dual title fight, it's just one of those things you can kind of promote again and – it's a historic event, whether it's the, the McGregor is not to the level of McGregor Alvarez or necessarily steep a uh, Cormier, but you could, it would still be something that would be on a plaque at Madison square garden. And you would say, so-and-so became a two division, two division champion or, or yeah, well, what looks good outside on seventh Avenue and, and in times square. That that's the two faces you want to see on, on billboards of that level. Like it's, it's gotta be something that makes people stop and look and say, Hey man, this is coming up, you know? It can't be. It can't be somebody that's. Uh, it can't. I feel like it at least has to be a title fight. You know. It, to me, it has to be. And like I mentioned earlier, I don't know if you can ride Diaz as a main event in a non-title fight um, with with the New York Commission. I. I don't know. I. I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just wouldn't want to do it. I'd feel scared buying tickets to an event where Diaz is the main event with the New York Commission, knowing that he'll be there smoking you know, pot three days before the fight in public, (laughs) you know, it's going to be one of those things where uh, the Vegas or California, you know, kind of knows what's up a little bit more. New York always has issues and, and is able to, you know, seems to find a way to always screw something up. So (laughs) yeah, Yeah. I don't know, but so it's risky, but uh, I mean, it's got to come up soon. You know, they got to basically give a week an announcement for tickets before they go on sale. And, you know, I, very yeah, rare. I've been looking, man. I've been trying to see what's going on, and it, and it really is crickets. I'm like, I'm surprised at, at the uh, the lack of um, chatter about. At least give a drop us a hint or something. Yeah, I mean, I was going to email one of the people I, I get my tickets from. Uh, she tends to have the earlier information and stuff, but uh, but I, I know the response is just going to be there waiting for a main event before they yeah. announce anything. You know, so I don't know. I. You know, I guess you can make Diaz Poirier a main event if somehow you're able to load, you know, maybe throw Gustafson on the card in a, in a big fight. Maybe throw, you know, I don't even know who's out there. Maybe you bring Askren in. I don't know. Could you throw Askren in there <laughs> against 
you know, somebody, you know, and and all of a sudden just promote it as a seven, seven fight deep card, maybe even make it a six fight pay-per-view. I know they've done that in the past for some, uh, but not, I mean, it sucks to say it because I actually like Ben Askren and, uh, you know, there's rumors about, about, uh, um, GSP cutting weight to be, get, get at one fifty five. I mean, if they had Askren GSP as a main event for me and you, that'd be a hot, you know, that's like cool as hell, but. You know the casual fans they're trying to cater to now. People are going to be like, "Who's this? Who's this guy with the with the funny hair?" Do you know? Like, not, like I, th- I think you could promote that though. I think you could do that because it's GSP. He's already yeah. going. He's he's basically five hundred thousand pay per view buys, and then you start playing the clips of all the the smack talk of Askren and and uh, Dana White, and you show these undefeated Bellator champion, one champion. Um, you could, you could, that would work. And that's and that kind of yeah. slipped my mind as far as, as GSP goes. But again, you start getting late on promotion here. You know, it's the, what do we got? Two, we got the McGregor fight. Um, you know, that's it on October 6th. I'm obviously, this will all be figured out by then. Um, <laughs> I because hope. You're, well, you're, you're going to have to because you're going to want to be promoting the heck out of this event is uh, during the McGregor fight. Yeah. Because um, that's where you're going to have the big audience. So I don't know, but I look forward to it. And, uh, Seeing what frigging gets announced, it's got to happen soon. Yeah. So what else we got this weekend? I mean, I haven't really. Uh, I don't. I mean, I don't have access, so I know there's an LFA card, um, and I usually catch them after the fact online. Yeah, this this Friday, house. this Friday on Access TV at nine o'clock Eastern is a uh, LFA. LFA. Uh, uh, Stotts versus Lily is the main event. Um, it's it's Saturday is pretty loaded day, uh, for international fight fans. If you have the one app, uh, for one, one championship, it's a free app online. It's early, early morning for us on the West coast, especially 4am, uh, 7am, uh, main card start on the East coast. Uh, but the event's free, um, on the one app and it's also on the one YouTube channel. Um, and their events are are usually damn entertaining. They're actually, uh, getting better i you know when i when i first started watching them they had a lot of bigger names uh, uh arlowski tim sylvia bobby lashley you know some of those other guys and, and then they kind of faded away a little bit but now they've uh in the last i'd say year and a half two years they've really stepped their game up they, oh, had, some yeah. kick, they had some kickboxing uh the voice uh michael chavello does the play-by-play for them um so it has that kind of old school uh k1 heroes uh k1 uh kickboxing flavor to it here and his his him and anybody who watched access tv for about the last previous decade uh uh knows who he is so there's that um at uh 11 a.m eastern time acb uh returns after several canceled shows uh with acb 93 um they actually are going to the pay-per-view model all their events used to be free uh, prior and i know there was a lot of chatter and worry that they were going to end up disappearing because nobody would buy their pay-per-views um it was announced uh about a week and a half ago that in the united states this would be about a three dollar pay-per-view so it's about you know 20 fights usually they're action-packed yeah um that's at abcworld.tv um you know, it, it, you can't really argue with a $3 pay-per-view if you're sitting around on a Saturday afternoon, want something to run you up to the UFC card. $3 is usually going to give you a lot of action. Uh, I know Peter Strauss is on the card. Uh, it, we know him because he actually defeated uh, Fernando Gonzalez, who was a guest on here prior to that fight um, yeah. in a very in a very close bout. Um, 
man, like I said, a loaded fight with about, you know, 20 fights. Uh, UFC, as we talked about, starts on Saturday. Uh, fight pass prelims start at 3, 3 p.m. Uh, Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, uh, followed by the, the uh, FX. So it's not on Fox Sports 1. It's an FX prelims. Those start at 8 Eastern. And then, as usual, the main card starts at 7 o'clock or Pacific, 10 o'clock Eastern time. And for the Night Owls, who uh, won't have enough after one ACB and UFC, we got Pancrase that kicks off at 3 a.m. Eastern, 12 Pacific, with another about 20 fight card. Uh, on mm. That's on UFC Fight Pass. So there's a lot of action uh, on Saturday. If anybody wants to pull an 18-hour day of MMA, it's, uh, it's there for the taking. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably just going to watch the UFC. <laughs> yeah, I'll do. I'll be. I'll be. I'll be doing jujitsu in the daytime. Then I'll probably go work out with my dad, and then go watch the fights, the UFC fights. So, but uh, yeah. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. And then uh, hopefully between uh, now and the weekend, uh, the card sticks together. And um, also, I hope we hear something about UFC 230 soon, because I know folks, we're, folks like us, are getting nervous. Yeah, hopefully we hear it. So. Uh, next week, we hope to be back with another show. Uh, we will be back with another show. We'll, nothing quite planned yet, but we'll uh, definitely be reviewing this weekend's action. And, um, you know, as usual, fans can follow us at Combat Hour uh, on Twitter. Uh, they can um, email us, uh, coast2coastcombat at gmail.com. You can follow me at MMAHawk21 on Twitter and Instagram. And give Ed a follow at Carbazal on Twitter and at car beer Zal on Instagram. <laughs> You're forgetting about that one thing. <laughs> All right, Ed, have a good rest of the week. And I look forward to talking to you, to you come, uh, come fight day. Yeah. We'll try, we'll try and set something up for next week. I, I got to reach out to some people, but yeah, uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll talk between now and then. All right. Sounds good, man. Have a good one. See you.